0: This outcome isn't complete until we talk about it on Sports BKC, the Kansas City Stars daily sports podcast. It's Monday, October 12th, I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Not the outcome anyone was expecting. The Chiefs fell to the Las Vegas Raiders 40-32 at Arrowhead Stadium, easily the worst overall performance of the year, maybe in Patrick Mahomes' three seasons as a starter. The A-team of Vahe Gregorian, Sam McDowell, Herbie Teelope, and Sam Mellinger broke it down on Sportsbeat Live after the game. Now, here it is in podcast form. We cover the game from all angles, how the pass defense got torched, how the Raiders played enough defense to bother Patrick Mahomes and the offense, and where the Chiefs go from here. So, let's get started. Here's how it sounded after the game. Hello, and welcome to Sportsbeat Live. This is Blair Kirkoff, and this is where we talk about the Chiefs. And the run it back tour ran into a little obstacle today. Chiefs falling to the Las Vegas Raiders, 40 to 32. Um, this is where we uh, talk about Chiefs, the game, and uh, we want your questions and comments. We'll get to as many of them as we can. Already in the studio joining me are Vahe Gregorian. And Sam McDowell. Hey, fellas. What's up, Blair? Hey, guys. Let's get right to it. Um, let's uh, let's let's go with first impressions from a an outcome that nobody expected. Um, not um, not in Las Vegas for for betters or in Las Vegas <laughs> as the Raiders. Um, this one came um, uh, uh, t- totally unexpectedly, as as far as I'm concerned. Where did it begin to go wrong for the Chiefs? Vahe, let's start with you. Uh,
1: well, I think uh, in the words of Kyle Coffey, yikes, is, uh, yeah. is right. And it, Kyle, it, Kyle had it. <laughs> I think we, we were I, – I can speak for myself and you, Blair, and probably Sam McDowell. I think we were all pretty thrown by this. And it's funny, you look back at this game, the Chiefs' of modus operandi is included coming back from double-digit deficits. It's easy to forget they were up 14-3, to and sort of in the form this would normally happen, right, with a, a, a Derek Carr interception that sets up a touchdown and looks like they're off to the races. But I guess a couple of things that really surprised me, I do feel like the Raiders kind of owned the line of scrimmage on both sides, and they exposed some issues in the secondary. And, and look, it's a little chicken and egg on how much was the Carr just – Carr seemed to have plenty of time to work all day. I don't remember much pressure at all. Maybe I'm forgetting something but uh, maybe he could throw faster because guys were getting open pretty quick. I, I don't know. It, it, was, it was distressing on both sides of the ball. But I'll, I'll plant this thought for later. I'm not ready to walk back
2: to run it back for yet either.
0: <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. How about you, Sam? First impressions.
2: Um, I touched on it a little bit, but to me, the Raiders won this game up front on both sides of the ball. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was scrambling for his life the entire game, and he still got sacked three times and the Chiefs were still called for three holding penalties. When you get sacked and you get called for holding penalties, I know this offense is a big play offense, but that takes you so far off track that it's tough to get touchdown drives still going when you make those kind of mistakes. And then defensively, I mean, they sacked they sacked Derek Carr once, but it was the play early in the game when he slid half-yard shy of the line of scrimmage, so Willie Gay was credited for a sack. Same uh, as Sam from the closest man to it. Um, but, um, I, I just, I thought the Raiders overwhelmed him both offensively and defensively at the line of scrimmage.
0: Yeah, I, I thought so too. Uh, I thought the, uh, I, and, and the Raiders were getting pressure on Mahomes with a four man rush. Really. That was exactly pro- probably the most disappointing thing on the offensive side to me was just how, how much Mahomes had to elude trouble, uh, with, uh, you know, to escape, uh, um again a, a non blitzing raiders team which allowed the raiders to uh, really play well in the secondary and and cover up how many times do we see from the overhead camera that chiefs receivers were covered when uh, w- when mahomes was scrambling usually when you see mahomes elude pressure and kind of have this this great intuition about where the you know the, the uh, line of scrimmage is where so he stops just short you almost can't wait to see what's going to happen next, where the ball is going to go, because some chief is going to be running wide open. And that kind of happened on the touchdown pass to Sammy Watkins. But it didn't happen with any kind of regularity today. And that was maybe as big a surprise to me as anything I
2: saw on the offense. Well, the, the first half of that did did happen with regularity. I mean, the, the him scrambling with that plenty of. Um, had a really interesting quote after the game where he said, you know um, – what, what has to change is you can't rely on... I, th- I think he called them these crazy plays where I'm scrambling around and throwing these shots. And instead, you have to execute the offense the way it's called. The offensive line didn't give them a chance to execute the offense the way it's called. And we've seen how much of the Chiefs' offense is based on timing patterns. When, when he's scrambling... And I, I actually did think late in the game, the element of this is he, he sort of began to expect the pressure, which, I, I mean... The evidence told him to expect the pressure today, but it, that also threw off the offense as well. It's just, it, it started, you know, the, the 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 offensive line made the mistake with collegio uh, Simile on the big pass play to Tyree Hill, and little did we know that was going to be a theme of the day, that holding penalties and sacks and pressure w- w- was going to rule the day. Hey, just to chime in on that, Blair, one other sort of
1: side point. Sam, Sam got at it uh, certainly a bit, but... You know, we think of Mahomes as making all these sensational plays and these these great ad-lib moments, but we have to remember those are kind of supposed to be changes of pace that, that you know, fill in when stuff's gone awry a little bit, and that kind of becomes an X factor for them. It can't be a steady diet, and it it sure looked like, I mean, how many of those pass plays started with him, you know, beleaguered uh, pretty promptly? A, a lot of them.
0: Hey, Herbie Teope has joined us. Herbie, how you doing, buddy? Hey, right. gentlemen. Y'all doing okay? Doing okay. Um, better than the Chiefs after after this one. Um, uh, we we heard from after the game. In addition to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, we heard from Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, and Mitchell Schwartz. Uh, look, I first time in thirteen games that they've lost uh, was the Tennessee game on in, in mid November last year. It was the the, the last loss for them. I, I was getting to the point where you were looking at their schedule and you, it was kind of hard-pressed to find a loss. Maybe it, you know Buffalo was going to be a game at Buffalo the following week, but uh, I don't think anybody saw this one coming. Herbie, was there some collective theme from the, from the players and coaches after the game?
3: I think, if anything, we know the defense let, let the Chiefs down, and there's no answer but to buy it. This was a defensive letdown. Uh, against the Raiders but this is a this is a topic that we discussed on Thursday's face not facebook live sorry sports beat where we had mentioned that the Raiders are they were expecting two key components back and Trent Brown and Henry Ruggs and they certainly had a had an impact in this game you know the Raiders were able to run the ball which we thought they would be able to do but Ruggs my goodness man you know they 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 drafted him to be uh, their Tyreek Hill, and he certainly showed that he could be their Tyreek Hill. The theme to me was, I think Chris Jones mentioned it best when he said, hey, John Gruden over there, they they built a pretty good team. They they got the speed, they got their car, they got a second-year pro running back who should be one of the league's best. This is going to be an interesting rivalry, hopefully this is a rivalry renewed now that the Raiders finally have a win against the Chiefs. But I think it's going to be interesting because that's a young team over there as well.
0: Yeah, look, um, you're right about Josh Jacobs. I thought Devontae Booker was was tough today too. Um, you know, the, the the Raiders running game they hurt the Chiefs with the running game. But Derek Carr, look, this was the um, this was if not the best, then you know one of the top three or four games that he's ever had in a in a Raiders uniform, whether it's uh, Oakland or Las Vegas. Just his second quarter. Today reminded me of the second quarter that Patrick Mahomes had in Oakland last year. Cool. Remember that? With the four touchdown passes in the quarter, Carr had three today, including the, um, the two over the top that, that just befuddled the, the Chiefs defense. Sam Ellinger's joined us. Hey, Sam. What's going on? Not much, man. So um, just how about uh, first impressions? Where did this thing get away from the Chiefs today?
4: So um, I really thought that some of the problems are things that we've seen before. In the season, um, but they have just been like covered up by, you know, that play downfield to Tyreek Hill against the Chargers and then Butker, um, you know, kicking three game winners in overtime. And, um, you know, also covered up by the fact that Brian Hoyer was playing quarterback for the Patriots last week instead of instead of King Newton. You know, I mean, it, it's funny, like the, the Chiefs have they they kind of cheated, like they, they, they've they pushed the margins for air like wider than they should be in the NFL just because of how good Mahomes is and, and all the talent that's surrounding him, the coaching on both sides of the ball is really good. Um, but, you know, waiting for that magic, is not a strategy. You know what I mean? And I feel like it finally caught up with them today.
0: Brian LaBerge says this was bound to happen at some point. Uh, Vegas played close to perfect and the Chiefs were off. We'll bounce back. Too bad about assembly though. Absolutely too yeah. bad about Collegio Assembly. I've never heard of a player uh, suffering the type of injury he did. What did Andy Reid say after the game, Herbie?
3: Two torn tendons. I mean, so it was a tendon in both knees. You can tell it was serious because from the press box before, I don't know what, what you guys saw on the TV camera, if they cut to it in time, but he couldn't even get up on his own. It, it was Alex Okafor who helped him get on the cart. I mean, so he, he wasn't putting any pressure whatsoever on those legs, but that's, that's a brutal injury, t- torn tendons in both knees.
0: I thought that had an impact on the running game today, too. Uh, I, I thought it started well. The first few touches for Clyde Edwards-Alaire were positive. You know, seven, eight, nine yards a pop for, you know, uh, a few of the plays. And and then basically no, no, not much of a running game after that. John Basil says, we have two good receivers and one good running back. I don't like our backups. When Sammy went down, it hurt us. Um, I'll tell you, Byron Pringle had a nice nice catch today. I thought that was, uh, it was a nice moment for, for Pringle. But Demarcus Robinson, who has come up big against the Raiders previously, not so much today, and boy, he got his clock cleaned on a block. Um, it, it's one, one point in the game. So I'll tell you where I thought, it, you know, it had, where the game tipped. Obviously, the second quarter was huge when the, when the Raiders overcame the 11-point deficit and had the thing tied at halftime. But I thought in the third quarter the defense finally buckled down, played well. They made a, the the Chiefs made a defensive switch, right? Rashad Fenton came in for Jarvis Ward, and it seemed to have an impact. They tried, they they tested Fenton a couple of times, and he had some pass, uh, some some good uh, break a uh, breakup and, and a good defense. And uh, and then the, when the Chiefs got the ball, they made the Raiders punt twice, and the Chiefs did nothing with those possessions, absolutely nothing. And I was just kind of stunned. I just thought, okay, now here's the opportunity for for the Chiefs to you know to take this game by the throat. I thought when when the Raiders punted to the Chiefs to open the second half, I thought, okay, you know what? Chiefs are going to win this game by 10 points. They're going to win this game, you know, 38-28 or something like that. I mean, they were going to they were going to find a way, or, uh, they were going to find a way. And man, when when they picked up one first down in those in, in those two possessions. And their first three possessions of the second half, they picked up two first downs, and one of them was by penalty. That I think that shows the, the, the Max Crosby and in the in the, in the Raiders defense had a great game plan. John Gruden, great, great game plan, executed well. And I just it's it's um, I don't remember seeing Patrick Mahomes and the offense locked down the way they were for about four or five possessions in the second half.
4: Crosby had a great sack. That that move where he came around the edge on uh, it would have been Schwartz, right? Yeah. And you could tell he knew. I mean, he's watched he's watched Mahomes flush that pocket many times, and he just planted, something on him and came back, got him combined, and knocked the ball away. That that was crazy. Um, you also mentioned, and and the question was mentioned the the two receivers um, and and Watkins injury, and you know, <laughs> the the hamstring seems to be a thing that's going to happen every season. Um, you know, once or twice. Um, doesn't it seem like Demarcus Robinson makes more little mistakes than a guy who's been in the system this long should make? It just seems like there's there's penalties, um, you know, there, there's there's routes that that aren't run, you know, exactly the right way. There's just there, there's he's a lot, just a lot of little things. With him. He's got a lot of talent, um, and I think he's earnest and and all that stuff. But there's just some mistakes that that shouldn't be made by a guy in his what third fourth season or whatever. Totally
1: agree. But my goodness, he was cl- he was really close to a spectacular touchdown there on that on that yeah. ball. That, that was, sure uh, was. I, I thought they called it pretty quickly on that left foot not being in. I, I I wanted another view of it. But but I think your broader point is right, Sam. I, I, I think you expect to see more out of him and more more dependability out of him on on the things you need to have have go right and,
2: and be able to turn to him in this situation. The assembly loss, I think, is going to be big for him. But to me, the Watkins loss is really big. Yeah, and I think Sammy Watkins and, and it's taken him three years, probably longer than it should have. But I think he's found his role in this offense now. You know, for most of his career, Sammy Watkins was the deep play guy because of his speed. In this offense, he hasn't been that this year. He, he's been the reliable move the chain sort of guy, find eight, nine yards here as the intermediate guy because you've got uh, Tyree Kill and McCole Hardman that can go over the top. I think this offense is going to look pretty different with however long Sammy Watkins is out. Um, you know, like like Sam said, he's he's had the hamstring injuries bother him before. It's rarely just a, a one week issue for him.
4: Yeah, that, that that stuff about the offense working better when Watkins is on the field that is more than just like a a, a team talking point. Like y- you can see it on film. I think you can even see it. Like you know, I'm a I'm a numbers guy. I love the numbers and the metrics like the EPA, like expected points added it's so much higher when Watkins is on the field. I mean, I, you know, not just like what he does individually, but it just, the thing operates so much better when he's on the field.
1: Hey, just to interject real quick too from another Kyle Coffee thing, um, I'm interested in what you guys think about McCall Hardman's progress too. It seems very sporadic to me, or one way or another, he doesn't seem to be as immersed in the offense as, as you might've hoped he would at this stage. At least, at least to me, I, I agree with
3: that. Yeah. To me, there's just too many weapons, and that's the problem. You, you can't really rely on one wide receiver in this scheme here. But I do agree with you, Vahe, that his numbers just aren't there. But at the same time, it's like, how do you, where do you work him into the offense that has a guy like Kelsey, who's the primary read, uh, or or Travis Kelsey? You know, how, how do you, how do you bump him up? Maybe his, he'll start seeing more looks with with Sammy Watkins out. But to this point,
4: it, it doesn't really surprise me. One thing with with Hardman, and I, I had expected him to have a bigger impact. And look, I mean, we still got eleven games, right? But um, I, I wonder if he's getting uh, diminished. If his numbers are getting diminished even more. I mean, the the strategy seems to be now every week of just take take away the deep ball. You know, like like put guys back, whether it's cover two or whatever, put guys back and make them beat you underneath. And if that's if that's the strategy, then that's a good way to to stop McCall Hardman, then you know, the key then becomes being able to run the ball against personnel, against sub-packages, against nickel and time personnel. You need to be able to run the ball. And then obviously you know Kelsey needs to be killing him over the middle.
2: Hardman's got to improve on the short and intermediate route running. I think that's where we saw last year as a rookie, but he hasn't played the position all that long, so it's not really that surprising that he's, he's got to get sharper at the top of his routes. I think that's what he worked on in the offseason, so I expected a bigger year out of him because I didn't think he would – his stats would be so reliant on just killing him over the top with big plays. But if he doesn't have that going for him, if teams are taking that taking that away, he's got to be sharper on the short and intermediate stuff. You know, we saw a few times last year where it was very evident that Patrick Mahomes and McCole Hardman were not on the same page on some sort of route that McCole Hardman had run. Mahomes threw the ball in a certain spot that they expected him to be, and he wasn't. We've actually seen that already twice this year when you look back at the film that he's thrown the football and and said, you should have been here, you know, Um, and and the past seemed way off. but It was actually maybe some sort of miscommunication. And to me, that's probably why the production maybe isn't what we expected going into the year for stuff like that.
0: Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important. Please visit KansasCity.com slash SportsBeatKCoffer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. Kathy Christensen noticed that uh, Chiefs couldn't do much with first down run over and over. I agree with that. Um, it, It seems like an inordinate amount of uh, runs run calls on on first down today, and John Weather says um, Chiefs are two penalties away from scoring 43 points. The offense is fine. We've all just been a little spoiled. I don't disagree with that. They did score 32 today, and um, that's that's usually enough to win. I, I I predicted the final score 31 to 20. Um, I, I you know 32 should be enough to win most games, but those two penalties were were killers, right? I mean they. If if that if not called for holding, which I thought was a uh, ticky-tack call, when you saw the replay, the Chiefs are over the top with a 60-yard touchdown, you know, reception right off the bat. Ossemley's not on the field to get hurt three <laughs> or four snaps later, um, and and then of course they called um, uh, they called Kelsey for the you know for the shoulder on the on, on the Clyde edwards alaire uh, touchdown before just before half. And um, I don't know who the color analyst was. Made the point that if if Kelsey just blocked him instead of you know trying to stick an el- or a, a shoulder, not elbow, shoulder into him, they wouldn't have been penalized. And I think it would have made a difference if the Chiefs had a touchdown there and went into halftime with a lead. I think it might have mattered uh, psychologically for them because then that's four touchdowns. Um, it, it's it's you know, the Raiders had come back uh, to to regain the lead. Then you take the lead going into halftime. I really do think it would have made a difference for the Chiefs. I, I think.
1: Let me just chime in with that too, Blair. I, I I agree with all that. I also I can't remember the result of the drive where the uh, interference was ignored on Tyree Kill, but that was pretty blatant too. And look, all these things they happen in the course of a game. And and uh, a wise guy on here, um, I think, likes the term "the ballot of the loser." Is that a is that one of your terms, Melly? Sure. Um, and I and, and look, I think. I think that's true. So we—I don't. in that sense, I don't, I don't know that you focus on it exactly. But I think if you're asking yourself, where do the Chiefs stand and you're thinking about this game, I think you also remember those things. They lost fair and square. But I think you, it's worth remembering that some of those things were in play in this outcome.
4: They are. And this is kind of the, a little bit of the point I was trying to make um, early on is that I don't think there's that much difference between this loss and, like, the Chargers win or even the Patriots win. You know, like, it's it's not so much about the final result. I know that's what we all should focus on. But they've had some of these issues. And I think Terrence Robinson um, just mentioned the offensive line. Um, that has been an issue. I thought they got worked um, on both, you know, the line of scrimmage when they're on offense and defense. Um, you know, defensively, that's a little bit of a new problem. The, the Chiefs' defensive front has been really strong. Uh, Frank Clark was wiped out today. He didn't, he didn't have much of an impact. But, um, you know, th- these are all... Look, the Chiefs are 4-1, right? Um, they won the most recent Super Bowl. Um, you know, they still employ Patrick Mahomes. They're going to be fine. But, like, the whole idea of this season has never been like, "Oh, are the Chiefs going to be a good team or not? It's been like, you know, they're not talking about winning the Super Bowl. They're talking about, like, winning Super Bowls, plural. You know, and that's, that's, that's a high standard. And that means that um, all these little things are more than fair game, especially when they lose when they lose to, you know, I keep thinking about this. Like, the Raiders are an inferior team when compared to the chiefs. But if you didn't know that, if you just watched that game today, you would think the Raiders were a much better team and probably should have won by more than eight. For sure.
2: I thought the best, I thought it looked like the best team won today. Um, but you know, to your point, Sam, I think the past couple of weeks we've seen in maybe Patrick Mahomes demeanor just in the press conferences or, or the, the zoom calls um, yeah. sort of has seen this coming. I think totally. he's been pointing out some flaws as the team collects wins and people talk about them being 2 0, 3 0, 4 0, he's sort of been the yeah, but guy saying, you know, we didn't do this well, we didn't do this well, and we didn't do this well. Um, and, and maybe that fits some sort of clo- coaching cliche about the fact that, that now we'll harp on it more and guys will believe in that
4: stuff more when, when it would in a, an actual loss. Yeah, with the notable exception of the Ravens game. And that was a party. <laughs> Everybody was pumped. <hunting. laughs> yeah, you're right. The others have been pretty somber.
0: Uh, Brian LeBurge noticed that uh, the Chiefs also lost in week five a year ago. Does that make this a good omen? As I recall, they lost in week six as well, right? Uh, they went back-to-back, Colts and then and then Texans. Uh, Kyle Coffey notes that uh, Mitchell Schwartz quietly, uh, pretty bad year. Not much talked about because he's been so good, but he's getting worked off. And look, I, I I think it's just been a, a pretty average year for Mitchell Schwartz because I expect so much from him. He's He's allowed a couple of sacks this season, and, um and and uh I I noticed you guys, uh Herbie and Sam in the press box noticed this. I don't think they covered it on TV, but Schwartz uh during one uh defensive possession for the Chiefs was getting his ankle taped. Uh so I wonder I wonder if he's having a little trouble with movement. Um it just seems like he's he's just not as sharp as he has been.
3: Well I don't wanna I can't speculate on whether that has something to do with it because he hasn't been on the injury report. This happened during a play, he hobbled off the field, and then he was stuck on the, uh, the trainer's table for a good five, ten minutes, and they just re-taped his ankle, and then he went back out there to play. So I don't, and I, I don't know if the, if he's hurt and if it's affecting his play because, he again, he hasn't been on the injury report.
2: It, it, you know, Blair, if you want to pinpoint this offensive line's issues, the interior of this offensive line wasn't great last year. They relied on those two tackles being really, really good. And those two tackles have been pretty average for the, for the first four or five weeks now. And so, you know, it's it's hard to pick on the guys that are still clearly the best two linemen that they have, but that's what this line relies on is those two guys being really, really good to overcome for what they have in the interior. And they just haven't been that so far this year. Yeah.
0: Okay. So the chiefs make it uh, a 40 to 32 game. I think this is right. And then they, uh, uh, they, they did the. It wasn't quite an onside kick because uh, Harrison Butker kicked it pretty hard. It wasn't. It certainly wasn't a squib kick. Uh, at that time, the Chiefs had two timeouts and the two-minute warning available to them. I Vahe and I were talking about this in the office. My thought was, go ahead and kick it deep. Start up at the twenty-five. Uh, I, I think that I think the Raiders would probably go conservative. Just play, you know, pin your ears back, play good defense, and and maybe get it back. Um, but they did, you know, in, in sort of an odd. And I think this is the first time this year they they've tried something like this. They, I thought Harrison Bucker attempted to kick it off of a Raiders player, kick it hard, it and yeah. is, is that the sense you guys got?
2: Yeah, that's what I thought he was doing. i you know I've been demanding that that some kicker in the NFL anywhere tries that because the onside kick is is so bad, and the net result of not getting that like we saw Butker not get it today, is still not that bad. Would they lose seven, eight yards on it?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and there was a – I think Tyreek Hill was on that team, and he was called for offsides too. So the, they tack five on to um, onto that. So I don't know. I would like to have seen uh, – but look, um, the, uh, the the Chiefs never had the ball, right, with a chance to, to, to tie. The Raiders got the, the first down. That's where the run defense – Really was disappointing. They they gave up the first down to the the, the hard nosed uh, Josh Jacobs run, and, um, and and they couldn't and they couldn't stop the clock after that. I guess the Raiders had to pick up two first downs, and and, and that's exactly what they did. So, imagine imagine how it would have played out if they stopped Carr on the fourth and one
1: sneak. I mean, it, right? It it it, it would have been pretty fascinating. Um, and I, I, you know, Blair, I know you were for that move. I'm not, I'm not sure what. Well, I, I, you're giving Mahomes pretty good position with that ball if you're stopped there. I, I think maybe the, uh, the I would have felt more comfortable if I were running that team punting it. But you know, they they uh, they know their jobs better than I do.
4: You know what though? I thought that was I, I loved going for it. Like I, I'm probably pretty extreme in the you know go for it or don't you know um, metric or whatever. But I thought that was a sign of respect. For the quarterback, I thought that was like we—if <laughs> we've got any chance at all not to give the ball back to this freak of nature—that's um, what we're going to try and do.
1: And yep. look, and it—you know—it was a lot of time actually still left. It wasn't—it wasn't 30 seconds. It was two minutes, and and that's that's plenty of time for Patrick. So I, you know, I, I can
2: see I can see the logic. We've also talked about the fact that their best advantage today was up front, offensively and defensively. Yeah. There's Yeah. Some- There's no play, that's more illustrative of just winning the battle up front than a quarterback sneak. Yeah.
0: And they picked up a fourth and one earlier in the game. I think that was uh, – they went to school on that and Carr with the sneak. That's the way to do it, right? Don't hand the ball off there. Just let the quarterback take it and and, then go over his uh, – go over the middle of the offensive line. So – No
3: more uh, –
0: You you don't don't ever want to see Patrick Mahomes do a quarterback
3: sneak again. (laughs) (laughs) Those are done. Yeah, take that out of the playbook.
0: All right, let's uh let's start to wind it down with some final thoughts here. Um look, it, it chiefs now just have a one-game lead in uh in the AFC West, and the team behind them has uh, you know has a little bit of an advantage on the on the on the tiebreaker right now. Um what uh what what do the Chiefs need to clean up the most here? Um, anybody?
3: Defense. Defense. We've said this throughout the last four weeks, and now it's five weeks. I know. My, my esteemed colleagues over here, my, my beat partner, Sam McDowell and Mellinger, they always said, all it's going to take is for a team to run on the Chiefs and to stick to running the football. And that's what the Raiders did. They got a guy in Josh Jacobs now, okay, 77 yards today, two touchdowns. So in three games against the, the Chiefs, it's 200 and, math correct, 280 yards. Okay, so when, when they face the Raiders again, they're going to get another heavy dose of Josh Jacobs because – I don't know what it is. He, he just feasts on the cheese. Defense got to be fixed.
4: Yeah, I, I agree with Herbie. Um, you know, the, the offense, I think this is right. The offense went the first 20 minutes of the second half. They got one first down. Um, Like, that's that's just not good enough. Um, but we're also talking about a team that scored 32 points. <laughs> and, you know, I, I feel pretty comfortable that, that that offense, you know, barring just a, a mess of injuries and Sammy Watkins matters um but they're going to score points but defensively that was a mess that 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 was guys both getting beat and then it was also guys uh just missing coverages you know like um the the one um one of Ruggs' long touchdowns. I mean, he's just running. He's in a, a sprint with Charverius Ward, and that is not a fair fight. And there's nobody over the top. They did a good job on the broadcast, actually. I think it was Sorensen, maybe Matthew, but one of those safeties. They got him to suck suck down closer to the line of scrimmage, and then just beat him over the top. They, they've got to fix that. And also, the um, I mean, the the front wasn't good enough. That, that's a quarterback that you know can pick you apart if he if he can sit back there and 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 look downfield. But you also know that he. Has a tendency to freak out and and throw some panic interceptions. and get some pressure on them; they couldn't do that, right?
1: Um, I, I guess I'd just say, Blair, that that it, as you noted before, they, they they did lose Game Five last season. They did lose Game Six last season, and then the next game was the worst of the games when when Mahomes was crumpled in a heap after the quarterback sneak. That was a pretty tough three weeks, and I I wouldn't suggest that today is a good omen, but I wouldn't. I would just do the opposite and say, I, you know, last year turned out okay. Um, they, they started this year, I think, with a little, little bit of a running jump, uh, you know, in, in a lot of ways on, on the rest of the NFL. And they got some things to fix and clean up. And I'm, I'm, I wonder about the line play on both sides. But, but if, I were, if I were to pick who I think is going to win the Super Bowl, I'd still say the Chiefs.
0: Cody and has a final thought. We still have Mahomes. It's a COVID nineteen crazy season, Bar- barring an outbreak, mass injury, or plane crash. This team will be fine. <laughs> oh, none of those. Wow. Cody, <laughs> none of those things Cody's happen. I there for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll add just one final, and this is this is really a, a small thing, but you know, I, I'm to the point now where I don't want to see the Chiefs return a kick or a punt because they can't do it without a block in the back or a holding. You know, just every time, every time they um uh they they, they, uh, they they're kicked too they um they end up instead of starting at the 20 or 25 they're at the they're at the six or the nine and today it, it hurt them um they, they couldn't especially in the in the in the third quarter they couldn't dig out of the bad field position i come so I've gotten so used to seeing the chiefs it doesn't matter where they start a drive you know we're not we, we're not um surprised by the 94 yard drive by the chiefs but, the Raiders made it difficult on on the Chiefs today. That's for sure. So, okay,
1: hey, Chiefs, Chiefs did catch one break today, Blair. Real quick, which maybe not today, but now they don't have to play Buffalo until a week from tomorrow. And imagine coming off this game if they were playing Thursday night. I, I think uh, it would be a little more dire dire view.
0: Yeah, let's let's get that out there. Um, so it was learned today: uh, Chiefs, Bills, and Buffalo Monday at four p.m. Central. Is that
2: love it? Yeah, great. So good. god I
0: love it. <laughs> That's gonna be a first. Well, when does an NFL game ever start at 4 p.m. Central? That's a- <laughs> got moved
4: out of prime time. This is just- <laughs> well, Monday night. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <is the> <laughs> what are they are they gonna have a triple header or something Monday night? What is, I don't know what's uh, um anyway, uh, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad to see that. So all right, let's wrap it up. Um Sam, <laughs> Sam, Herbie, and Vahe, thanks for joining us. Uh, Beth Welsh, thanks for the, um, the the production as always, and we'll talk to you again this week. I actually think because the Chiefs now play Monday night, it won't be until Friday, right? That um, uh, will be our, our our next gathering time because the Chiefs won't have availability on on Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. I think that's how it works.
3: Correct. Thursday Thursday will be our first media availability.
0: Okay, so we'll come back at you on Friday morning with Sports Beat Live. So that'll do it. For today, thanks for joining us. Thanks for uh, participating, and we'll talk to you again soon. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Randy Mason, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Tip of the cap to the Chiefs coverage team. You know them as the A-Team. That's Sam Mellinger, Vaje Gregorian, Herbie Tiope, and Sam McDowell. Links to their stories and all the Chiefs coverage can be found in the show notes and on kansascity.com. Hey, we got another deal for you, especially for those who want to dive into the Star's terrific Chiefs coverage. For a limited time, you can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. After three months, it auto-renews at 5.99 a month unless you cancel. How do you get that? You go to kansascity.com/sportspass2020. That's kansascity.com/sportspass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? I do. Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. That's account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. I know that's a lot of dots and slashes, so if you're having trouble hunting down any of these offers, send me an email, Be bkirkoff.com. At kcstar.com, and I'll get you to the right place. You know, whether it's the sports pass or the full subscription, you're getting in supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports Beat KC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Tuesday with another episode.